Hello, TSF family. We wanted to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for your hard work to love yourself more and for your feedback. Can you believe it's been three years that we've been doing this spiritual fix and it has been such a beautiful labor of love for Anna and me. We have loved doing this work. We've loved hearing from you and we love exploring ourselves and each other alongside our listeners. We wanted to put out the call for three ways that you can help support us to support you. One, we would love you to leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on Spotify. Two, drop us an email and let us know how much the podcast means to you. And three, you can donate monthly or even just once to our PayPal patronage. Every little bit helps and we are so grateful to those of you who have donated already. Thank you. You help make this podcast possible. Thanks, y'all. You can go to our website, www.thisspiritualfix.com for information on how to pledge as well as to email us. Hello and welcome to This Spiritual Fix, episode 20. Season three, our penultimate episode of this season. Today, we are going to be talking about internal family systems. This is a real game changer, guys. Enjoy. This spiritual fix. Two mystical mamas hacking the self-help game. With Anna Stromquist and Christina Ritzif. Hi, Anna. Hi, Christina. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm feeling great. How about you? I'm good. We just had dinner in our recording marathon weekend, which you guys may or may not know we do. So the, for those of you who don't know, Christina and I will usually get together and spend 48 hours together and we'll do a recording marathon where we record like six episodes in a day. Yeah, because we enjoy being together and since we live further apart, it's harder. But we also have an impending snowstorm coming. So we're leaving earlier. So we're leaving earlier and we're in the middle of doing a mother wound course. So in this weekend, we are working for uh, a mother wound course that we're making for you guys. In the past, we've had packages, right, which are like PDFs and meditations, and we're going the extra step and doing some videos. Like an actual online course that you can bookmark. Yeah, because the mother wound is that important. And I will be the one (laughs) distributing the grades. Just kidding. There's no (laughs) grades. Y'all get an A+. So... Before we get into our episode, can we just do a little recap of last week? What was that about? Amazing. Uh, Ainsley McLeod's interview. Yeah. How did you say it? Ainsley McLeod. Uh, Ainsley McLeod. He's Scottish. McLeod of the Clan McLeod. That's completely wrong and very offensive to Scottish people because it's a terrible accent that I have, and he has a beautiful Scottish accent. Um, His is very subtle. Well, he's been in America for a long time, so. I wonder if his wife is Scottish. I don't think so. I don't think so. She's Christine Love McLeod, so, yeah. It was good. What did you think of the past life reading that he did? So, for those of you who didn't get a chance to listen, he surprised us. He had already prepared our past life readings, and he gave us each a past life that we could, we could, you know, look at. And so, Anna, yours was a bike store owner in Yugoslavia, right? Right. And my friend Stephanie Joplin was like, oh, what if, like, all of a sudden now, you can just put a bike together now? <laughs> It's like kind of like, ooh, I want to take a bike apart and put it back together. No, I'm kidding. No. Um, 
it was really interesting because he said that I was trapped through commitments and debts, I guess, to this bike store in Yugoslavia. I never got to live the life I really wanted to, and I died young. And it was just interesting because it wasn't that of wasn't that interesting of a past life. Sure, wasn't a glamorous one or an interesting one. But Christina had a great insight about it. What were you? What did you tell me you thought it meant? So Anna, if you know Anna, like personally, you know that like. Anna is there, and Anna and all her shining glory is there, and then, and then her student debt is also kind of a part of her aura sometimes because it's just a thing, right? Like it's yeah, something that she wants. Yeah, a lot of my decisions yeah. are based on how do I pay off my student loan debt, right? And so, and it's something that we know and love about her, and it's as long as we've known each other, it's been a kind of a topic of conversation probably for the last five years, right? right? But I don't talk about it with a lot of people because, well, first of all, no one really wants to hear it. But right, I mean, it's, it's kind of, also like a source of humiliation for me, right? Right, right, but right. But the insight that I had about it was, I was like, because when you when he said fear of failure, because you know, if you listen to the the episode before, we kind of went through all the different fears and the different kinds of fears that you can have, and he Ainsley particularly said that this was a fear of failure, and it you could tell it didn't really resonate with you at the time. Yeah, because I was like, I don't feel like I feel like I give myself room to make mistakes, and I don't necessarily fear failure. Right. But your productivity would say otherwise, like right. the kind of like the way that you're always achieving and always have all these goals. And I remember once early on the podcast, you're like, if I do something, it's going to be fucking amazing. Like it's going to be the most blown yeah, whatever out thing. Whatever it like, touches turns to gold. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that is... Fear of failure. Failure, failure. Oh, totally. Yeah. I and wonder if Ainsley was listening to those early episodes. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't. I, I did have friends of mine when I told them about when we get to mine, they were like, did he research you? It was funny. But fear of failure. What I realized was that you had transferred your failure of that Yugoslavian life into your student debt. Yeah. And your student debt had become the bike shop. Yeah. Yep. And I, I'm hoping that, that now that we've made that connection about my own my own little bike shop prison is my student debt in this life. Maybe there's not so much emotional resonance to it and it'll fall off. There's an important part of the healing in it, which is that if you have an entire life trying to get over something, like if you have something that is literally a life lesson, right, which is imprisonment, this fear of failure, this like fear of of not being able to kind of get out of this situation and not be able to like live and fulfill your dreams if you then transfer that to something in your current life, it will feel like as big as achieving a life goal, right? Yeah. Like, and, and that can feel good if you achieve it, but it can also make it harder to achieve because it's literally got the energy of an entire life resting on it. You yeah. see what I'm trying to say? So it's like, right. as opposed to it just being like, hey, this is... Right, it, does, it has so much more meaning to me now because paying off that debt will in fact be a symbolic way of like closing that bike shop right but you can also detach the excess potential associated with it so you guys may or may not have heard me talk about excess potential basically it's it comes from trans surfing which is a russian philosopher's thing i'm not going to get into trans surfing right now but that may be a future episode if you guys are interested excess potential is this idea that everything that you resist creates an equal and opposite force to happen. For example, you don't want your husband to go to this concert and you tell him he can't go. He's going to want to go even more. 
Yeah, and it and it and it's not even an emotional thing that's in an actual interaction. It's actually like Or it's like the parent who tells their kid you can't do X, Y, and Z. The kid wants to do X, Y, and Z even more now. Right. But there's also things like I really don't want to get in a I really don't want to get picked to be the first last person in line. I don't want to be picked last for the kickball team. There's an equal and opposite force now because like the the amount of emotional energy that you have not wanting to something to happen, there has to be an equal and opposite por- uh, force that's basically asking it to happen. You right. Create if you have resistance, you are creating the opposing resistance. The opposing resistance, which is a stronger right. reality right. reality field, which and, we talk all about in episode one, season one, our very first episode. That's right. So the idea is that resistance causes equal and opposite resistance and that's called excess potential and so the whole point being that if you can get rid of all of the ex- you have accumulated in that debt all of the excess potential from your last life do you see what i'm trying to say right. like all of the resistance that you had to being in that situation of being that bike messenger Ooh, i can forgive it and let it go exactly and if you can forgive it and let it go then you lessen the excess potential that's stopping you from paying and then, yeah and then it's like monopoly i'm going to get a letter and it's going to go bank error in your favor your student loan debt has been lost <laughs> right right so the trick is to get rid of the excess potential that you've accumulated right. from past lives i get it i'm going to totally work on that forgiveness stuff all right cool i'm glad i can explain it. i was trying to explain it the other day and texted i think i was yeah. being confusing um but moving into yours you know ainsley said that you are he didn't say it so bluntly but he said you're a hypochondriac and i'm curious if since hearing that um why you that might have been because of that past life in a german prison where you were denied medical care and probably good food and lighting and all that exercise etc do you feel less attachment to your hypochondria i kind of I don't know. So the for everybody who didn't listen to it, the, the essence of it was that I was imprisoned for protesting the Nazis back in Germany. And since then, I've done a regression and kind of discovered more about that life and about myself. So I think the, the kind of body betrayal, hypochondria stuff is definitely, it's not, it's not even hypochondria. It's just like literally feeling everything and being afraid that it means or something more. fear of more. illness. Yeah, it's a, it's a fear, fear of sickness. that you have it, but fear of... Of getting, getting it. it. Yeah. yeah. That, I don't know if it's lessened or alleviated, but I think I understand it better. I think that it it's less of a panicky, like it's definitely lessened in its intensity to a certain extent for that. But I think that there's actually other things that have been affected more since kind of learning that and then going into it was my general distrust for the government, for any government entity, for any kind of government authority my feeling of powerlessness, which was the main fear that he actually said in that life, was the fear of powerlessness, was like kind of the predominant feeling. And I definitely, because any time that you get in prison, the way that he explained it was that any time that you get into prison, it basically stops your life path in its in its tracks. And all of a sudden, you know, all, all plans go out the window because you're basically stuck there. So you have a tendency to be very unhappy if people control you very unhappy to be in any position where there's an authority figure who's telling you what to do. And that's the part that I told my work colleagues and they thought it was really funny. They're my friends too, but they thought it was very funny. Um, and thought that maybe he had researched. And when I did the past life regression today, I went into that life and because last night I dreamt in German and I dreamt of being in a 1920s German home. Basically, I had gone back to that life to an early part of my so life. Did you have a wife or kids? Or no, I was, I was myself... 
with my family going now back. going back and visiting. And oh. so we were talking in German and speaking in German, but we were also like could understand English. It was like it was like kind of a parallel crossover. So I suspect that my parents in this life were my parents or were involved in being my parents in that life as well because they were the ones who came back for the thing, which I thought was very interesting. That's what happened in the dream last night. And then when I went into the past life regression today, which went more into it, it kind of revealed a lot more about my character that I was like a girl and I was a girl who had a tendency to be a rather flippant about things, like not really take things seriously and be more like, hey, this is the trend to go and be an activist. Like I wasn't, I can't give myself as much credit based on my revisiting it in a past life regression to say that like, hey, I was, true I was a true yeah. fighter for justice against the Nazis that I was more like, like hey, this, this sounds cool like thing. fun to do, you know, like, and, and that I was like a bit spoiled and bratty, which makes sense because that also is like a narrative that my parents, uh, uh, particularly, you know, certain I've, I've heard from my parents. And so if it's like a resonance from that same previous life that we've had together, then I've, I could see okay. that there's a lot of things going on there. But that once I was I was flipping about it, and then I obviously got in prison, and I thought that I could easily get out of prison. And once it became apparent that I couldn't, that's when everything just changed right. for me. All right, guys. So what are we talking about today? We are going to be talking about internal family systems. And I am so excited about this. Anybody who's had a reading with me recently knows that I'm, like, really excited about this. I'm obviously not an IFS counselor, but basically I could not even tell you at this point. Okay, so how I first got involved in, in even knowing about IFS was I listened to a reparenting episode of Go F- um, Unfuck, of, of Unf- Unfuck Your Brain, uh, a podcast, and they mentioned IFS, like just in passing. They just mentioned internal family systems, and they mentioned that internal family systems was a reference to the family that exists inside of you, and I was like, intrigued. I'm very intrigued, right? Because I was like, I'm always looking for systems, right? Like, And so for me, anything that I come across has to fit into a system, and if it doesn't fit into a system, then I get a little bit confused which is you'll hear this on on the spiritual fix where I'm just like it fits into this system this way and this system you know because that's the way my brain works yeah so the deal is is that like I heard about IFS on the unfuck your brain and then I just happened to be looking for a book that I was because I was going to go for a long drive and I picked up no bad parts by Richard Swartz and I can't tell you if it was because of that reference, like in my, my head, I'm connecting them, but I actually just think it was some random search that I had that ended up where I was able to, to, to get to this book. And I started listening to it and I was just like, as soon as I started listening to it, I was like, holy fuck, my world has a new, better way of categorizing the experiences that I have. And I'll tell you what, okay. So internal family systems basically says that we all have a true self, which is something that we talk about a lot on this spiritual fix, like that we all have a true self and that we have kind of a lot of layers on top of that of shadow work and different things that exist within our aura that we're kind of working out in the world. IFS says that yes, we have this kind of structure of this self, but that for the most part, most of us are operating in what is called our parts. And our parts are a combination of a number of different things. They can they can have different roles, but our parts are fake, are basically 
governing a lot of the way and they're kind of ruling our systems and they when we talk to each other and interact and have conflict we're most of the time talking out of our parts and not out of our true self right which i think is is in general most people can accept to be like I have a true self and then I have an ego I and I have a personality. We're talking out of our parts, but not out of our ass. <laughs> well, he makes a lot of references to like your part's desire as opposed to your heart's desire. Aww. Like the true self is your heart, does its heart's desire, but your parts have their part's desire, right? What he says, what he says in particular in the introduction of this book is he talks about how we have a tendency to look at other people and only see them as a single entity. We only see the part we want to see. Well, we see them as we see them as a holistic we, we what he calls the mono mind. Okay, so this idea that like we also see ourselves in this way. So the mono mind is Anna is Anna. Anna is Anna and so Anna is like this sometimes and she's like this sometimes, but it's all Anna and it's just one big clumpy conglomerate thing of Animus. And you never know when you're going to get whatever part. You, you, you know, you're never going to know what different aspect of Anna you're going to get. But it's always Anna. And it's just like this one big clump. And we do the same things for ourselves. We and might one be, big piece of Play-Doh. Right. And we might think of ourselves. We might then look at ourselves and say, okay, well, I am a self, but I can never get to that self. So I'm just a bunch of mal, you know, I've said this before. I'm a bunch of maladaptive behaviors. I'm like this cloak that has all these different maladaptive behaviors and you kind of never would know what you're going to get and never know when I'm going to get triggered for doing different things. And I'm, I'm a psychic and I have all these different labels, but it's all just me. It's all just Christina and it's all this mono mind that is me. And I'm very confused about why one part comes out one day and another part comes out the other day. You can tell I'm already starting to speak in the part's language because I understand this. And what he's saying when he says the whole name of the book is called No Bad Parts, because what he's trying to say is that ultimately all of us are not monominds. We cannot, we can, it, it, it helps so much in so many different ways. It helps your self-view, it helps your view of other people. If suddenly you recognize that all the philosophers who say that we are inherently evil are just full of shit. Right, that philosophically, our true self is the center of our system. It is this. It is our star and our galaxy, and circulating around this star are all these different parts. Right. So instead of one big chunk of Play-Doh, I'm a chunk of twenty different color pieces of Play-Doh mashed together. Exactly. So when when a part of you comes out, like the PMDD Anna, right? Like, so Anna's dragon or whatever, that that's a part whatever. of her. She doesn't want you to say, or whatever. <laughs> she is the dragon, okay? Whatever it is, you're actually more likely a, actually interacting with parts and not with someone's self. And so the whole aspect, the whole point of IFS is that it's got a bunch of kind of the overall goals of the therapy is that we start to recognize that we actually need to become self-led systems. Most of us are part-led systems. Most of us have parts that have never been addressed and are fulfilling a role that they don't even fucking want to, and then they're they're competing with other parts like of us. They're like fighting to hold the, the driver's stick. Exactly. So imagine the same dynamics that you have in your external family, right? When you're like, what's our goal? What are we trying to do? Who's in charge today? Like that kind of thing. Like imagine the external, like imagine an external family. Now pull that into your own body and imagine that you have one mouth, you have one set of eyes, you have one set of... You, I'm right. just thinking about my cousin who always laments that she can't make a decision. And I just think, well, maybe she has two 
director sitting up in there. Oh, she probably does. She totally probably does. Like that's that's the thing. So the basic of the here are the basic assumptions of the IFS model. It is the nature of the mind to be subdivided into an indeterminate number of subpersonalities or parts. Everyone has a self, and the self can and should lead the individual's internal system. It's like inside out. It's exactly like inside out. Except for instead of it being emotions. Did this guy write inside out? No. But instead of it being emotions like joy and disgust. It's like the, the dragon. It's They're actually, yeah. I mean, the they, bitch. Well, whatever it is, it can be. I'll, I'll get into the detail of it here in a second. Okay. I'm um, excited to learn about my part. Yeah. It's really exciting. Basically, the non-extreme intention of each part is something positive for the individual. So basically, all of your parts think that they're acting on your best behalf. The, the real question comes though is what part of you, how old do they think you are? Like, are they actually oh. acting for the self or are they acting for even more sub-personalities that are technically you, which I'll get into in a second. But the idea is that each of these parts thinks that they are acting in a positive manner for the individual. They are basically all hired by the individual and have been hired over by the individual over the years Therefore, there are no bad parts. And the goal of therapy is not to eliminate the parts, but instead to help them find their non-extreme roles. To basically make it so that they no longer have to take on a role of being an asshole or being a narcissist or being a whatever, right? Like they no longer have to play those roles and instead they can actually become oriented in the constellation so that the self becomes the sun as opposed to the, the narcissist being the sun, which is not what it should be. Right, like that's not the the organization of the system that needs to be. That's why it's called internal family systems because it's all about how are you structuring your system of parts, right, around the self as opposed to around the parts. So it's not where you know, we don't want Jupiter to be the center of our galaxy with a bunch of moons going around it and the sun sitting over there being completely ignored, which is the self. So. What what they also say is that you know changes in the internal system, like I was saying, affect the external system. Etc. So basically, if you're able to rearrange and change who has what, who's in charge of what, who's doing what, then all of a sudden you're going to find that your behavior and everything that you do kind of changes because you're you're reorienting the parts and their roles. So the overall goal of the therapy is basically to of the therapy is to talk to each individual part. How many parts do we have? Well, that's the thing. That's the most amazing thing that he was talking about is that it's like he's like not only do we have an indeterminate number of parts. But those parts can have parts too. And those parts can have parts, which is where I get into like, well, I'll talk about here in a little bit about how we can like relate this back to like the TS, the, this spiritual fix universe of like, hey, you know, we talk about like having parallel lives and having parallel timelines and like having simultaneous, you know, when we have like an oversoul that's like the sun and then we have a bunch of little parts that are kind of circling around it. It, it relates back to so many different more etheric less psychological things but the things that he's found in this is he's like I found that you can react with you know you can interact with dead people I found that you can interact in past lives I you know he's just he's he's expanding his definition of this because the more he explores the parts the more he recognizes that the boundaries are not just within your own lifetime what if the firefighter in this life can speak to the firefighter in all my other parallel lives right well a lot of them so that's what I've been finding and I'll and I, and I won't I won't get to the 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 end of it but like is what i've been finding is that the it's not there's not there's not a boundary on this planet or in this life like you can go back to parts that have been affecting you for lives upon lives so 
basically the deal is that the goal of the therapy is that the self is supposed to lead and the parts will provide input to the self because they each have roles and they each have goals and they each have really important things, but they have to respect the leadership and the ultimate decision-making of the self. So well, how do you know if the voice inside you is the self or So that's the trick. Okay, so basically the parts will sometimes masquerade as the self. And I'm going to give you guys the tips for how you know it's the self and things along those lines. But the parts are the the sub so like the general groups of parts are exiles managers and firefighters these are the three different main types of parts that we have the most important is the exile okay the exiles the managers and the firefighters the exiles the managers and the firefighters the exiles are usually inner children that are have experienced trauma and are and are often isolated from the rest of the system in an, indivi- in an effort to protect the individual from fearing are young parts that have experienced trauma and often become isolated from the rest of the system in an effort to protect the individual from feeling pain, terror, fear, and so on of these parts. It's the fractured soul. It's the fractures. It's it's the fractured soul. It's the it's the soul that needs to be retrieved. It's basically the hurt part of us. And it's completely isolated and it's in its it's stuck in its age, probably reliving its trauma over and over again, or reliving the reaction, or can kind of perpetually living in the reaction of its of its past self. Then come the group of the protectors. And managers and firefighters are protectors. Managers, in general, what you can say is that managers are there because their job they see their job as preventing the exile from being harmed or triggered. Sometimes it's because they think that the exile will cause harm if it's allowed out. Okay. So it's not always awe. <laughs> like sometimes it's because it's like, oh, well, this part. like going to throw a tantrum. Yeah, like sometimes start. an exile can even be a, a protector part who's been exiled because they were too dangerous or they were so too abusive. So if you have abusive. a drug addict, is that the exile? Right. So exactly. So the firefighter is the reaction to the exile being let out or being triggered. Oh, he puts out the fire. Right, so he's a firefighter. He puts out the fire. So addicts are most often firefighters because of the fact that they are... Self-medicating. They're self-medicating as a result of... I mean, sometimes, obviously, you could have an addict that has a manager because if you self-medicate, then you will not get triggered. But most often, they're firefighters. They're the people who come in. They're the part of you that comes in afterwards. I feel this feeling. I don't want to feel it. Let's put out the fire with this heroin. Exactly. Okay. Right. And if the heroin addict, if that firefighter becomes incredibly bad, that firefighter will then become an exile and then get its own circulus, you know, get its own managers and firefighters for itself. Right. Because it becomes it's too harmful to the system. So we have to push it even further into the exile world because it was a, you know, it was a firefighter that almost when killed does us. It transition? Oh, after like a near death experience or something. What do you mean? Like if the addict shoots up too much and almost kills them then they're like exiled uh i think it just depends i think it, it i think every system is individual and in that and it's and it's and like what what criteria. causes yeah what causes its protectors to become exiles is is kind of up to the individual right okay like my husband is is sober when i've heard stories about that like i'm pretty sure his protector became an exile when he came into the the period of becoming sober like oh. based on the stories that he's told me about right. it you know so the, the managers, to give you guys a bit more information, they are the ones who usually run the day-to-day life of, of an individual. They attempt to keep the individual in control of every situation and relationship in an effort to protect parts from feeling any hurt or rejection. And they can do this in any number of ways, through controlling, striving, evaluating, caretaking, terrorizing, etc. Wow. Uh-huh. Firefighters 
are a group of parts that react when exiles are activated in an effort to control and extinguish their feelings. They can do this in a number of ways, including drug or alcohol use, self-mutilation, binge eating, sex binges, etc. And they have the same goals as the managers, which is to keep the exiles away from coming up to the forefront. Because effectively, you know, the exiles are... Um, can become increasingly extreme and desperate to be cared for and to tell their story. So these are the general groups of the parts. And, you know, the parts, like I mentioned before, you may have experienced, you may be, you may experience your parts in any number of different ways. Thoughts, feelings, sensations, images, but effectively imagine that you have a car and there's, most of the time there's nobody sitting like in the driver's seat and anybody at any given time is just flipping in and out of this driver's seat. Like any part that thinks that they have the most priority is going to be resting control to try and get to that driver's seat so that they can be the one that speaks, that they can be the one that controls the body, right? Mm-hmm. That controls the body and all the external reactions. They're the one who can control the anxiety or the way that you react to a certain thing. And the thing is, is that... How quickly is this rotation of seats? Um, I think it can happen almost instantaneously. It's the same way that a rescuer... So so yeah, yeah, what yeah. other things I'll get to is like the rescuer and the persecutor and the um, victim are all parts of us. Like there are parts of us who have been hired to be those things. And so when we do the drama triangle work, we're actually doing the work of addressing those parts, but we're just using a different framework for doing it. Okay. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's... it's it's, it's So that's why it's so fascinating because it, it it's so holistic. That To me, IFS is so holistic that it can be used to describe so much of what we've described on, on this spiritual fix so far. So that's why I think it's really exciting. So a little bit more about parts too. Parts develop a complex system of interactions among themselves. So you can have polarizations, you can have feuds, you can have all sorts of interesting things happening when one part's allowed to come to the forefront and another part wants the control of the system. Um, experiences affect parts and the way that they show up in the world but you can't you don't just create parts that's the fascinating thing right like you don't just create a part it's like these are people that are living inside of you like I know that sounds like dissociative identity disorder but I swear it's like they have an understanding of their body like they have their own body like if you ask them when you start to get into into contact with all these parts you'll recognize that not only do they have parts but they have they have their own body that isn't your body they have their own emotions, they have their own experiences, and it almost just feels like this crowded place where you're just like, holy shit. Where is it, in your brain? Well, it's in the etheric, right? Like, it's basically oh. in the self-plane of your etheric world, right? Which is like, that that's where, I, that's where I've come to, as I've channeled, to be like, I really want to understand where these people reside. They're, they are connected in a humongous web of parts and they are shared with other people sometimes. And, you know, it's it's kind of like the same network that exists within your body is the same network that exists in the world. Like in terms of like, hey, I'm going to be hired to do this job today. And until I get fired or until I get to do something else, then I'm not going to. But you do have primary parts. So say I have 20 primary parts. Those parts exist in me and they're not going to go away. I can, I can talk to them and I can, I can help them to evolve and I can help to rearrange my system so that it's self-centered. Um, 
and they don't just appear and disappear from your system. You're not, your job is not to kill them. Your job is not to kill them. It's not to exile them. It's not to get rid of them, right? Because that, that doesn't necessarily help. Exactly. So, so what ends up happening is what he, the, the term that they use in IFS is that there's a blend. So basically when a part is blended with the self, it feels like it's just the part that's in charge. That like basically the work that gets done in IFS is to identify the different parts so that they can become unblended from the self. So basically you're taking all the pieces of Play-Doh, all the different color pieces of Play-Doh off of the big piece of Play-Doh that is the self so that it can have its own little spot and it becomes unblended. Because that's the aim of, well, that's what we're trying to do here is we're trying to unblend all the parts and we're trying to re- and help them recognize that the self is actually the center of the system and needs to be. Was this author Buddhist at all? No, but he's all, he's, he's a psychonaut. You can tell he's a psychonaut. He's really in, in favor of using psychedelics to help with this process. And he is a very philosophical person in terms of like, he's anti-capitalist. He's a bunch of different things because he's like, he's re- he recognizes that like, philosophically if we recognize that there are no bad parts there are no evil people there are just parts of us that are We're acting selfish. in an evil way yeah. right that are actually there to protect something else like if you if you go to that radical of an extreme which i truly believe and i always have believed that we are fundamentally good and ourselves mm-hmm. are all that thing then suddenly the esoteric nature of the true self and like my ego and like all this talk about it and blah 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 becomes so much easier because you have a systematic way to unblend your parts and find yourself without necessarily needing to find enlightenment you know what I'm trying to say like it's it's just that's why I love it so much because it becomes a systematic way of reorienting the self so that the self becomes that center so ways that you can identify the self there are different levels of entities basically the self is a different level of an entity than the parts it's often the center the you and all the parts usually are talking they have likes they have dislikes they 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 like to shut out different parts they have personalities that are very egotistical like they're very like hallmark of an of an ego are what you're recognizing for the self but the self is naturally compassionate it's competent it's secure it's self-assured it's relaxed it's able to listen and respond to feedback it is like the mature adult of your dreams you know like who is who is even keeled who is all this and all of this have this in there no matter what trauma you've had all of us have this inside of us and it's responsible and capable and the best leader you could possibly have for your system and so it's a matter of like, okay, how can I unblend myself to kind of do all these different pieces? So meditation? Well, that's what we'll get into a second as to like how I've done this with myself and how you might do it. Obviously, finding an IFS therapist would kind of be a good starting point. But first, I want to talk about how this applies to everything we've talked about in this spiritual fix. So It's really fascinating because one of the things he talks about is he talks about how a lot of activists are leading from their parts and not from their hearts, not from their self. So for instance, he was, he, he was giving an example of like, if suddenly you use IFS to find the self and create the and create the system in which, you know, you're unblending all the parts and the self becomes the center, then you're no longer having to react to your injustice wounds, to your things like that. So one of the things that I've recognized as channeling these last couple of weeks about this is that our wounds are exiles. And all the masks that surround the wounds are parts. 
Does are that, they managers? They're, they're, the, the mask is probably a manager, but it's also like the fugitive is a firefighter, right? So rejection is an exile that sits inside of us. It could be a number of exiles, right? He kind of thinks of it, he, he kind of watches the self as if it's like a clove of garlic and that like, you know, how a clove of garlic has little mini cloves. And if you, <laughs> you go down enough generations and all those cloves have cloves and all those cloves have, you know, that kind of thing. And you could come apart, you know, into a clove, which is its own pod of basically 10 different exiles, which are all surrounding the rejection wound in your body. And if you can identify those exiles and all the parts that come around them, like however, you know, you could have a fugitive part that's literally looking after five different exiles and it becomes the predominant part that comes out because it's all circular around the rejection wound, right? And that's, I think, one of the also really fascinating things about this is that ultimately, we talk about when we're doing the wounds is that, you know, recognizing that nothing can hurt us is like the old, you know, that nothing can reject us is kind of the ultimate expression of the rejection wound when you go through all the work. The self knows that. So when the self is leading the system, the self is always assured that nothing can reject it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it is the ultimate competent, compassionate adult so think in your system. you stay there. You would think, well, yeah. But the thing is, is that we become so blended with all our different parts because at some point they served us. So wounds are exiles. All of the masks that protect the wounds and the maladaptive behaviors around it are the parts that protect the exiles around your wounds. So the mother wound, the abandonment wound, rejection wound, injustice, humiliation, betrayal. So I started going into avoidant attachment, and he even talks about this in the book, that there are parts of us that are avoidant attachment, right? Because you know, I've even said it myself, how sometimes I can be secure, sometimes I can be insecure and it's unsure. And as I've unblended the avoidant attachment part of me, right? Whether it's a manager or a firefighter, it's probably a manager because it wants to prevent my exile from being harmed. Like probably Mm -hmm. the exile of me when I, my mother wound first started. That is a part of me, it's just a part of me. It's not me. Like myself does not have avoidant attachment a part of me has avoidant attachment. And that's why it's so fucking revolutionary because suddenly you're no longer, your parts have wounds. Your parts are exiles that have wounds and, and have adaptive behaviors and parts around them, but they aren't you. Like fundamentally, there is a you and there is a self. And I've experienced this when I've done these meditations, like in a way that no matter how much meditation I did for Vipassana and like how many fucking regressions I've done and how many stuff like that, it cut through all of that shit and went straight to, this is the self. The self is right here. You unblend it and you ask all the parts. You can ask your parts to step back. Some of them won't, right? And which we'll get into that in a second, but some of them won't. But like, as you do the work and they start to gain trust in you and they, st- and they get fired from their crappy job in which they're making you do shitty stuff, then all of a sudden they're working for you. They're adding to the system and they're giving you spaciousness so that you can be yourself in a way that, that, that when you cut through, like when you try and cut through the trauma or you try and get like going that direction it's really really difficult to find the self in that right to Mm -hmm. say I am whole and beautiful and compassionate despite all my trauma it can feel really daunting to go that way so the drama triangle are parts I mentioned that before pretty sure demons we talk about the feed your demon exercise all the time I'm pretty sure demons are firefighters past lives are also couldn't they also be managers or Mm -hmm. even exiles they could be I get that they are predominantly firefighters when I test it but I think that they could be all of them. Okay. Okay. And past lives are also exiles. So when I've been doing this work, I went back to a life when I was a fae back in 1487. 
And it was one of my exiles that was like causing a certain behavior because it had parts and managers. It had like managers, it had protectors around it. It had managers and firefighters around it that were causing me to feel very ill a lot of the time when I got, when, when bad things were happening or different things like that. Implants come from the same plants that parts do. So these are a lot of the things that we've talked about in TSF. And this is, I'm like putting it into this holistic system, which may be too hard for some people to jump to at this point, but rest assured, I've done all this thinking and no, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, so, so basically the idea is that when you go to heal these parts, it's a really good idea to get an IFS therapist. But at the same time, so many people want to become IFS therapists. They have to do a lottery system for the teaching of it. I've tried to get on this list and you basically just have to put your name into a lottery to get the training because it's like, it's so in demand because it's resonating really? with so many people. Yeah. And, and, how, and it's, so is it online or is it one-on-one? Um, or like it's, it's an online course. It's literally and like... That, and even that, there's a wait list. And even that, there's a lottery waitlist system and so then you can get an IFS therapist but a lot of them are only level one which is fine there are a couple of like level four who are capable of teaching and things like that so it's like a really sought after thing you can even do it in couples therapy too which is a very interesting thing because can't you imagine that in a lot of partnerships you are interacting with other people's parts so if you have two people in a relationship who are able to recognize that they aren't actually interacting they aren't actually self-centered beings and they're actually interacting with their parts then suddenly the conversation becomes so different because you're not fundamentally trying to change the other person you're not rejecting them you're maybe upset with one of their parts exactly your part is upset by something that the other part is doing one of the things that's really interesting you know as we begin to use the this method is that one of the things that he tried to do when he first started was he tried to go straight to exiles he recognized that exiles existed and he was like, okay, I got to go straight to the exiles and get to it. But what he recognized was that no. that was a really big problem. Right. He had to go through the managers, right? Right. He had to go through the, he had to go through the protectors, either the firefighters or the managers, right? He had to go through the protectors. And if he didn't do that, then the protectors would get really angry. So examples of this would be a well, woman, a woman did some work with an exile. Like he went straight to the exile and the exile was like crying or, you know, somewhere reliving this trauma. And the woman basically retrieved the exile and brought it back to, I I bring mine back to a beach house. I have this beautiful beach house and they all have their own room and their own room is like their own world. So exiles, managers, and firefighters all go, once they've been taken out of their roles, all go to this house. You've got to see Encanto now. I do. I obviously have to see Encanto. Okay, then I definitely have to see it. I, I, it's so much in the common thing now. People, it's like, obviously speaking, and somebody even said that Encanto was like, millennials trying to break generational curses like in a fucking movie which is pretty cool side note this woman basically was trying to she went directly to an exile and she took the exile out of the traumatic experience and then she put him in her house and like was like hey i'm your parent now this is this is kind of like the basic thing that we talk about when it's about reparenting an, an inner child and a couple hours later she got drunk a couple hours later she wanted to kill herself oh because her part her protector part. I was like, I don't have a job. Was like, what the fuck? This is not okay. This person, like the protector part was pissed. Was pissed because, because this is, this is the fascinating thing. Why, because he lost his job or what? No, he didn't care that he lost his job. He was pissed because all, the thing is, is that this is the interesting thing is that the parts, their constellation is the exile. So if the exile is eight years old, 
and the exile is an asshole, like is sets fires, right? And like accidentally set fires something and like hurt an animal or something like that. The parts that protect it are protecting it from coming out into the world. So if you bypass the protectors and you're like, hey, come on out to the world, you're literally unleashing a fucking pyromaniac onto the world. And, and they're like, what are you doing? I have literally been sitting here guarding this prisoner and you just let them out of the fucking jail. Like, what are you doing? So they get pissed. So he learned that you have to go to the parts first, man. And you have to get them to trust you and you have to get them to step aside and you have to be like, guess what? Look at me. Look at how old I am. How old am I right now? And you get them to look at you and sometimes they don't believe you and sometimes they're like, who the fuck are you? I'm guarding this eight-year-old. You're eight years old. I only but know you as an eight-year-old. But who's the one talking to them? Yourself or your parts? Well, so the trick is, is that it's supposed to be the self that is doing this, but sometimes it's parts talking to parts. And so if that becomes the case, if, it, if you can start to notice that the, the you or the facilitator, whether it's you in your own mind or whether it's a therapist that you're with or whether it's with like a, a counselor that you're with, anybody who's helping you facilitate this, um, they, are, they are the kind of neutral party, right? They're supposed to be the neutral party. They're asking questions okay. to these parts, right? But so if you're asking you yourself, it, you put on in your mind like a special facilitator cloak, or are you getting centered in yourself? First? You're getting centered in yourself first. Okay. That's the idea: okay. is that you're asking the parts to move away so that the self can facilitate it. That's what I've done, and then I start to recognize if that doesn't happen because the parts will start to have attitude with the other parts. They'll be like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, go away! Like, you need to step back. I need to get to this exile." And I'm like, "Okay, part. That's another part so do coming in here." You give them here. a bedroom too. I give them all bedrooms. They all have bedrooms in my magical house. My magical, beautiful, modern beach house. And so it's really fun. So the trick is, is that, can you know. Can I make any kind of house? You can make any house that you want. I just, I just put my dream house in there. I'm not going to get into the details of kind of how you would do the therapy if you were the therapist, even though I have an entire list of how you could, how you could possibly do that. But the entire idea is that, you know, you can have very, simple conversations if you follow the kind of basic guidelines of like if you feel comfortable like you can also muscle test or you can do whatever and you can be like I think I need support for this like I need a friend who's going to look after me I need something like this but the most important thing being that so maybe when I'm talking to my spirit guides I'm just talking to my different parts no I think spirit guides are spirit guides I feel like spirit guides come in as they're not different parts oh okay I think that they are separate but I don't know what do you think what do you what, does you, what do you test when you do it I feel like they are parts of God and they are therefore part of me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. So it is a part. It's just a, it's like a, a bigger it's, part. It's a bigger part. It's a God part. It's an advisor role to the self. I am being told by my guides right now that it's important that you get help and support if you're just starting this out. Yeah. That it's important that you either find an IFS therapist, that you find someone that's competent, you know, find, you know, someone who can be a partner in this and make sure that you aren't bypassing important parts that need to be addressed. Okay. So it's um, kind of like Feed Your Demon where you just chit-chat with this being. In this case, you address the manager, the firefighter, and then your part. Right. And then your exile. Exile. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly. very cool. Exactly. And that you start to recognize when a part is talking to a part as opposed to and, the self is talking to the part. And the goal is to move them to the beach house or the goal is to tell them I'm in charge and you can relax? Like, what's the goal here? The goal is to become a self-centered being so right to, so you're, and so you have to them out? you're unblending them 
that's the trick with this, right? Is that you're unblending them from the center. Like so you're the parts the should you're 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 making it so that you're you're using that same Play-Doh example. You're pulling the parts all the pink the pink clay off. All the pink Play-Doh off so that it can be and then you're you're basically saying to it either if it's an exile you're saying, "Hey, guess what? You're safe." I, as the self, am going to take care of you. Come back here. You don't have to relive this. You don't have to do this. I trust you. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever that exile needs to feel better, right? And sometimes it needs to talk to someone who's passed away. Sometimes it needs to talk to, you know, like, you just need to have it. You have a conversation with it. it. It's needs. a part. It's an aspect of you right. that you can have a conversation with, and you can figure out what it needs. And then, you know, the the firefighters and the managers, those protectors are going to want to trust you. They're going to want to trust that you're going to protect, you're either going to protect the exile from harm or you're going to protect the outside world, like the self from the exile. So what are you telling them? So basically you're saying, look, look at how old I am. Look at me as the self. Look at how hot I am. I'm, I'm Look at how hot I am. I am so fucking capable of doing this. That's one of my funny parts. Well, I think it's funny. <laughs> Right. No, no, no. So the managers and the firefighters need to know that you are you are doing an adequate job of what they did before. You are either protecting the system from the exile or you are protecting the exile themselves. Okay. And so once they get relinquished of their role, so once those protectors no longer have to be protectors, once they no longer have to circle around the inner child or the past life person, mm-hmm. then suddenly, et voila, they can be used for other things. Well, I'm going to just look here on YouTube and see if, like, it's popular enough that you can find some online meditations. Is that is it? Or have you tried that? Yes. So they do. So he has a bunch of different um, things in this book on no, no bad parts. I'm listening to the audio book where basically he has recordings of how you can start to map the constellation. He kind of calls it, like, the, the, the imaging of the map of your system. So he usually says that you're going to get just to a single pod, which is like, again, that kind of single clove of garlic. Like you may just be able to map out a single pod, right? Which is like a series of like three or four exiles Mm -hmm. or one exile that has a whole bunch of parts circulating around it. So it may just be that when you do this mapping exercise, you're only allowed to find, you can only find one pod, but you can follow his meditation technique in order to get to that. So it looks like on YouTube, if you do a search for internal family systems therapy meditation, there's a good 20 or more, if I scroll, meditations led by this author. Yeah, but I also think it's important that if you feel... You need support, get support. Right, okay. especially if you have a part that feels very... Like, if, you're, if, you're, if you know that you have an addict firefighter who's probably in exile at this point, if you're sober, you need support to be able to get to that exile. Right. Right, because you're going to be facing a dragon of some, you know, that sits inside of you that, you know, has wreaked havoc on your body and your life in the past, right? And so your ability to kind of, to do that with support is very, very important. So, you know, I I think, like I said, I cannot say enough about how much this has helped. I have channeled basically a way of working with my clients for doing this in kind of a very safe and protective way, very similar to the way that I normally work with my clients and things. And I found pretty amazing how quickly it is for people to be able to talk to their parts 
and to see all of those very consistent things that we're seeing in terms of the way that the parts behave when they're shocked to see how old somebody is or when they are you know reluctant to trust or anything like that so it's it's a really really fascinating thing and 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 you know like I said, when you start to deal with extreme parts, that's when I really recommend getting help and support. But there is a lot of work. I mean, I have literally uncovered, I've uncovered in the last three weeks, I've uncovered something like 15 or 16 exiles and probably 30 different parts. No, more like 45 different parts. Now that I think about it, 45 different parts. And a lot of my maladaptive behaviors have gone away. Really? Mm-hmm. Like what? Like my angry outbursts have gone away. So I think that I have this theory in my experience that a lot of neurodivergence is a particular type of part. Like I think that neurodivergent people have a very different looking constellation, so to speak, than okay. other people do. But I think that a lot of the kind of things that you experience are parts that have adapted from having a very different kind of way of looking at the world, like a, almost like a different constellation, like your, your star system's different a little bit. And my angry outbursts have gone away. I'm able to be more present with my kids. I am, I basically am feeling a lot less tendency for hypochondria and this was even before the past life thing so that's when you asked that question yeah. about the past life thing I actually started feeling it less before that because I've addressed at least three or four different parts of me that that f created sickness in my body as a protective mechanism okay yeah it's it's a really I, I can't I can't tell you all enough I have never been one for a long time, I was never one that would necessarily go to therapy because I would always have had an or I had different things like this. But this has been the only situation where I'm just like, hey, I want somebody to hold me accountable for doing IFS all the time. And maybe it's you, Anna, but maybe I'm also like actually looking at a therapist for the first time in my life to be like, hey, maybe we can explore this together. And I'm like, I'm actually really excited about this possibility because in like in a way that nothing else has, I've seen, I have caught and understand myself in ways that I, no matter how much meditation I did before, I could never get to in the mm -hmm. same way. So that's kind of what, that's what IFS is. And I really hope that this has maybe resonated with some of you and please let me know what you think. So, so you know, imagine a world in which we have self-led activism as opposed to, you know, injustice wound-led activism. Imagine a world in which people start to wreck, like companies that are led by self-led leaders. Like imagine a world that looks at like that because, and imagine a world in which we stopped polarizing each other and we stopped polarizing ourselves and all of a sudden realize that there is no inherent evil in the world. There are no bad parts. There are no bad parts. Hi, y'all. We hope that you enjoyed that episode. Stay tuned for our season finale next week. And then following that, we will be having some between season extras for those of you who don't want to have a break. We typically do that on Instagram, so you can join us in the conversation there. This.spiritual.fix. And remember, humility, gratitude, acceptance, done. Hi, y'all. 
listening to the last season of this spiritual fix may have stirred up for you some awareness of how the mother wound ties into so many of our subconscious needs and desires in our daily lives. Well, we've put together a comprehensive five-week course on this mother wound, complete with meditations, journal prompts, and never-before-seen videos and lectures. This course is designed for you to heal your personal and cosmic attachment wounds, reparent yourself, and surrender to the Great Mother. This course is an intense experience for spiritual seekers, and maybe you're not ready for something that intense yet. So we've put together our version of what we call the Shadow Work Essentials course, the Mother Wound Mini to give you access and awareness to this wound with tools to process your energy and to remember the Cosmic Mother's love for you. I cannot emphasize enough how much this work has changed my relationship with my partner, my kids, my family, and the world. It can be life-changing for you too. Go to our shop, www.thisspiritualfix.com forward slash shop for more details. Let me tell you all a riddle. There are four girls and four apples in a basket. Every girl takes an apple, yet one apple remains in the basket. How is this possible? The answer, one girl took the basket. She took the last apple while it was in the basket. Sometimes all it takes is a perspective shift. This is my specialty, y'all, and I am opening up two spots in the next two months for dedicated journeyers to work with me to find peace, purpose, and most importantly, perspective. In these journeys, we co-create a curriculum that suits your current blocks, goals, and needs, and we use all the tools, shadow work, books, fiction, remote viewing, intuition, meditation, guided journeys, energy healing, dreaming techniques, you name it, we do it, and all to achieve a commonly held set of objectives. And if you're interested in hearing more, Book a free call with me at www.chriswilty.com forward slash discover.